Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome again to the Gen Z Show. You're joined today with both of the McLams, Sarah Beth and James. That's me. That's her, Sarah Beth. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Did I take you off guard with a new intro? Yeah. I tried to shake it up some. Sarah Beth, let me ask you a question. What do you think the term blended family means? Well, I guess something that's not traditional. Um, I've never really heard of that term before, but my guess is something, um, you know, not traditional, not like, you know, mom, dad, two kids from those parents. So maybe like divorced uh, families coming together or something along those lines is what comes to mind. Well, the term blended family is, is very similar to what you're talking about. Uh, our guest today is Craig Morgan, who is the founder of Blended Together Forever, a nonprofit ministry out of Texas that focuses on providing resources and education for blended families. And he defines blended families as, as just what you said, anything that that is not in the nu- nuclear family sense of the mom and dad and the children that are offspring of that mom and dad. So that would include, as you said, divorce coming in, maybe a, a child coming from a, a, another family living with them, you know, like a relative coming in, living with them. Could be a widow situation, could be an adoption situation. There are all kinds of different ways. It could be, you know, children living with a grandparent instead of living with their mom and dad or with an aunt instead of living with a mom, their mom and dad. Any of those aspects is a blended family. And Greg identifies that they're almost up to two-thirds, 65% of all families in the United States are blended in some way or another. So that's just an astounding um, statistic. It's, it's just extremely high. And, and I believe that probably is, is relates to where they come from. But we really have a great discussion today on what the challenges of blended families, what the children that are in blended families, the challenges they face. And he, he really describes, uh, gives us some practical tips on how to, to parent them, how to work with them, and how youth that are in those families uh, can, can be their best success. So I wish I had known this early on, especially as a teacher. You're going into this. How do you think that would help you as a teacher going forward to have this kind of information? Oh, I mean, understanding students' background is huge and um, developing rapport with them. Um, You can't really get through to kids unless they know that you care. And so by having these resources, I mean, that helps me care more because I understand a little bit better what they're going through and how to help them. Well, let's go to our interview with Blended uh, Blended Families Together at blendedtogether.org, Mr. Craig Morgan. Craig, welcome to the Gen Z Show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be our guest today. Thank you. I appreciate the invite, James. Hey, and we need to do a shout out to our mutual friend and one of the best life coaches that I know of, our friend David Wright. So thank you, David. So Yes, sir. Thanks, David. 
Well, Craig, our audience heard a little bit uh, at the beginning of the show of my uh, introduction to you, but they want to hear from you. They want to hear more from you or who you are and, and, and what you know. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about yourself to our audience. Be happy to. Um, I was one of those fortunate kids that grew up in a great family in a great town, Oklahoma, uh, up in the state of Oklahoma. And I had a great mom and dad, grandparents, took me to church, vacation Bible school. So when I look back at my age now, the foundation, it was fortunate and I was very blessed. Um, since then, uh, when it came time for me to start my own family, I got married. Uh, we had two children. I was teaching a Sunday school class where we were going to church. Uh, unfortunately, I met uh, with an unwanted divorce, and then after picking up some of the pieces uh, and time and a little bit of pain and then a lot of pain, I remarried a beautiful girl who also had children, and so we then blended our families together, and that's why the name of the nonprofit blended together forever. And when did you guys start blended together forever? We started it in uh, 2011. It was uh, about 11 years ago. Um, we knew that the Lord had called us. And I'll tell you that story just real quick, James. Where we were going to church at the time, our pastor approached me and said, hey, Craig, Mother's Day is coming up. And I've been reading some statistics of marriages and families, and I'm finding out about 40% of the kids today are raised in a blended family. And so I think I'd like you and Gina just to share your testimonial that Sunday morning. So we did, and that's really when the Lord started knocking on our hearts because we knew it was a need, and we didn't find literally, James, any church that was addressing this growing population, I thought, man, we got to do something. So that's why we started it. It was just out of a, a need. And we figured we need to do something. But now you, you just said a statistic of 40%. Is that, uh, is that higher now? What, what is the, because I was, well, before we got together, I looked up some of the stats on it and numbers were all over the place. So what numbers right. are you saying that they are now? Well, numbers are all over the place, depends upon which poll and which, you know, I, I give you the divorce statistics, since that's where kind of blending usually happens. People will say 50% of people that get married get divorced, whether they're in a church setting or just secular setting. Um, probably is a little high. You know, I see some from Pew that say as little as 33%. So probably safe to say anywhere from 33 to 50. Um, I know that from the number of kids, depending upon how you define blended, James, you've got adopted children um, in, in a mix. You've got single moms that are raising kids. You've got, in my case, somebody that was divorced and remarried. In another person's case, somebody that was widowed and married and may have brought adult children in. So the statistics could go everywhere, but I will tell you this big picture, a typical blended family is not a, uh, an easy dance because you've got different parents, different styles, different amounts of children, um, 
some are younger, some are older. So trying to blend a family into a harmonious unit is an incredibly neat calling, but it's hard. It's not easy. And that's, of course, why we're talking today. So uh, I'm going to jump down a rabbit trail that you just said, because I'm from a, a family that I'm adopted into, but I was adopted as a baby. Would that be considered okay. blended because of, sure. you know, I mean, I'm the oldest. I was the first one, you know, I'm the, I was adopted and, and I was, gosh, two months old. Uh, you know, so okay. I, I have no, I have no memory of that. So that my family would still be considered blended. That is correct. Hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. This may have not happened to you, but I have a friend of mine who adopted their kids and he told me a story. He said, Craig, I didn't realize I was blended, but now I understand it because there was a, probably a family gathering, picnic, church, social, something. And a lady went up to, uh, to his son and said, oh, you've got your daddy's nose. And he goes, he knew it wasn't his biological dad. So that creates a simple question uh, in a little boy's mind. He goes, it wasn't my nose. It wasn't like my daddy. And those are just little things. But, but that's an example of an adopted situation where you say, you know, you just like facial feature of a parent. But from my own perspective, our oldest two children that we have are also adopted. We have three children. Our oldest two are adopted. And I've never thought of us in that in that context of blended. And we've heard that question time and time again. Oh, your 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 kids' baby pictures look just like yours. And, and I would always right. joke, you know, with my wife afterwards, I say, well, you know, uh, my genes are out there at a lot of places, honey. You just never know, what, you know what's going on. <laughs> That didn't win me any favors at home. And, and folks, that's not what, that is not what happened. Right. <laughs> make, make sure we clear that out there. But, you know, in my children, I, the oldest two, the, the oldest one was adopted one day old. We brought her home. You know, the, she was born on Saturday. She was with us on Sunday. And my son is a different situation altogether. He was, uh, he came home with us 11 hours after he was born. He never, I mean, he was, you know, never spent any time. So for them, you know, they, and for us, you know, except for the nine months of labor beforehand, we experienced everything from day one with them. So I've never really thought about it you bet. in that context. You bet. And, and again, the earlier you blend, the better. Mm -hmm. It'd be like somebody that got a little girl from China that brought over to the U.S. from day one. That's all they know. And that's great. Um, but there'll come a day that that little girl will grow up and go, well, tell me about my real mom. And is she alive? Could I ever go to China and see her? So those are questions that wouldn't happen if you and I just married and had biological children. So right. that's, that's all I'm trying to describe right there. There's a few little extra issues that would well, be know, addressed that, someday. This definition you're giving me helps explain one of the stats that I, I was confused by. Because one stat says that up to 65% of all families are blended in some way. And I was thinking, is mm -hmm. that me that's divorced or widowed that came together? But now when you add that aspect in, you know, right. it would include us. And I didn't even, I wouldn't have even thought about us in that context. Right, right. So it's what true. are some of the challenges then that, that youth, 
that children that are raised in this kind of family, what what are kind of some of the challenges that they would encounter that maybe other families don't even think have to concern themselves with? Let me can answer that, but first, before I do, confess uh, a sin, because I think whoever's listening to this, whether they're kids or they're adults, uh, workers that work with the youth or, or whatever, something that I didn't understand 20 some odd years ago that I definitely do today, and I wish I had could go back and fix it. I really can't, but here was, here was the mistake I made. Um, You've got, I did not try to travel the tracks of the kids that I was inheriting. Um, technically, you could call them my stepchildren. I didn't use that term. Uh, some people call them bonus children, but it doesn't matter. What the, the point is, when I inherited other kids, I was trying to deal with my own issues and my own biological kids and I really didn't try to understand what they were feeling but once I did now I'll give you the answer there's so many things that come up uh, um, I'll give you two the first one that comes to my mind is loyalty and the second thing is just parenting styles those are two very very big issues so I'll tell you uh, a little bit of depth on both of those. Um, loyalty. Let's just say a family has, again, a widow and remarries and her new husband has children and she has children and they're going to blend their families together. It's all positive. We're sad that the front, former mate passed, but we're all going to try to blend together. All of a sudden, if let's just take this boy as an example that wants to get close to this new father figure, this new parent role, almost self-sabotages himself because he thinks if I get close with my new quote stepdad, I'm almost being disloyal to my real dad. Wow. And if he passed away, I don't want to do that. So loyalty is a big dynamic in a blended family. Because everybody's asking, are you going to be loyal to me? Let me give you the other typical blended example. Let's say that same family, but only this time they go through a divorce. And all of a sudden, here's a new stepdad in the picture. My real biological dad is across town, and I see him every first, third, and fifth weekend. But other than that, I've got to have a new father figure to kind of report to. I'm eight years old, and it could go good or it could go hard, but all of a sudden, let's say they got a good rapport and they got a good relationship. Same thing. Uh-oh, I can't act like I like my stepdad because my real dad won't like that. So he's in this tug of war of, of loyalty. And there's always, it's unfortunately, there's always that dynamic underneath the water. I was talking to my own daughter recently and you know, she said growing up, she goes, well, is this week at mom's house or is this week at dad's house? And, and then, you know, well, you got to do Christmas with us or you're going to do Thanksgiving with them. And it's just always just loyalty. That, that's one thing. The second is the parenting style. Unfortunately, you can't do anything about the other parents home. Now, I'm assuming, James, that they've got some good standards. So I'm not talking about if it's unhealthy, 
well, you got different people that do different things. Over here at mom's house, we could eat whatever we want, but when we come over to you, we got to eat our vegetables. Yeah. Well, over there, we could stay up till 1030 at night. Over here, we got to go to bed at nine. Yeah. So those are battles also. So those are just a two, couple that I think kids face naturally growing up, that loyalty. And then there's different parents, different styles, different things that they toe the line on. So how, how can we, as, as you know, our, our job here at Generation Ziggler is really to equip people to yeah. want to impact positively future generations. How can we help them as those who work with youth navigate through this? How can we help? Now, I'm talking about folks who are not in the parent situation first. We'll talk about the parenting a little bit later, but I'm talking about like I'm a teacher, I'm a youth worker, I'm a youth coach. How, what can I do to help them navigate through this? Um, the first thing you're doing, it you're addressing it just by doing an interview right here, acknowledging there is a need. You would be surprised how many people continue to, in my opinion, keep their head in the sand and don't address it. So they're not equipped. Uh, they play like it doesn't exist. They typically do whether marriage, family, parenting the same way that you would with a biological nuclear family. And that's just not true. If you do it that way, you're not giving them the tools they need. So the first is addressing it like you're doing. And the second is, I know my wife and I, we wrote a book and created some resources to teach and empower um, for the people that are trying to mentor the youth or adults or a Sunday school class at your church or whatever. But I think putting resources in their hand and realizing the need and again, just trying to feel what they're feeling and what do they deal with what they're dealing with? Those are the two things that come to mind. Hmm. And y'all are doing it. Do you think, you think it's something that folks who actually are working with youth on a day-to-day -day basis need to, to be aware of or, or should they, you know, how much, how much should a youth worker who's who's helping youth or a youth minister is helping youth, how much should they know or, or be involved with this? Um, they need to know, and I'll bet you uh, they don't know. Hmm. I bet they're blindly leading in this, at least in this area. I'll tell you one statistic that just shocked me. When my wife, back in the day, we could go eat lunch with our kids at school. And we could actually sit at the table and talk and share and eat a meal and then hug them and go home. I know that may be different today, but she said, Craig, when I ate lunch with uh, our kids at the table, every kid at that table was in some type of a blended family. And that's where she saw the need was the kids eating lunch at school. But I'll bet you that school teacher or in your case, that youth worker, especially if they're not blended, they wouldn't probably understand and good for them, but there's extra things that they need to be aware of, just like you would in you know a different other uh, situation, other children's specific needs. And this is kind of across the board. Are there, are there specific issues that you think that a, a child or a youth that comes to a blended family encounters uh, that maybe, uh, you know, someone from a nuclear family or, uh, 
uh, I hate to say normal, but you, you understand where I'm going on that. What they may encounter that that someone who's working with them needs to be on the lookout for. So I'm leading a youth group. You know, I need to be aware of this kind of things or, or maybe even psychologically what's going on, their self-image, those kind of issues. Yep, I do. I'll, uh, you know, our mutual friend, Bob Teedy, I think his line comes to my heart right now. Tell me more. Have that youth worker go to that child and say, hey, tell me about your dad and just listen. Tell me about your stepdad and just listen. Tell me about your, you know, your half-sister. That if we just ask good leading questions and listen, those kids will tell, and you'll know at that point um, so much more by just asking good questions like, tell me more about your family. Tell me about your home. That, that would be big. Okay, so let's talk now to the parents. How, how does, does a parent approach this? What are some advice and tips that you could give them to help them as they navigate yeah. through this? Because I've seen it. I've, I've seen blended families, uh, I guess, the, that are coming from divorce settings that uh, work extremely well. And I've seen some that you could tell that this is a disaster. Uh, yeah. Nobody's it's dysfunctional over here. So Help us out here. Give us some help here so that the folks who are sure. listening here at least can have some, some direction, some steps that they can go on. Okay, here's the first step. Don't compare. Let me explain. Um, there are certain blended families, James, that just are never going to fully blend. Um, there's others that are going to blend quickly. And there's others that's going to take some real hard work in between point A and point Z. And if you're not careful, you tend to look to the left or look to the right or see what's working for that blended family or what's working for that one and think, well, what's wrong with us? Or why are we? They're all different. You know, and it took me a while to get there, but <clears throat> every family ends up in a different spot. There are just some that you're not going to be able to fully blend. Um, and I don't want to go through all these different types of examples, but I'll give you just one. Um, I'm thinking of a friend who his wife passed away. He had adult children who's married 30 years old plus and said, well, dad, you can get a new wife, but we can't get a new mom. Um, and she just kind of made a decision that I'm not going to accept this lady. I'm going to be cordial. I'll see her at Thanksgiving. But that's about it. And if that's as good as it can ever get in that situation, be at peace with that. It's okay. Okay. Um, they're, they're adults. But then there's another situation. I'll take my own family. I'm convinced. Well, there's two different kids. One bonded with me quickly because he was young, like you. When you get him early, that's usually they don't have any other either baggage in the past or a lot of history with another parent. So when you get him young, that's usually easier. And then there was so this younger two-year-old that we, he bonded really quick with me. Now, one that was born middle school, he kind of convinced himself, dug his heels in and said, 
you're not my dad. I don't have to do anything you say. And that's kind of how we started. It wasn't anything I did or didn't do. It's just that's how he felt. So I think you can't compare because what, you know, we're all on a journey to blend together and that destination is different. So that's the first thing is number one, don't compare. The second thing um, that I would give as advice would be slow down. We tend to want things to go together quicker, kind of like microwave it. It's a long process. There was a lady that I first learned years ago, Patricia Papelbon, that says the average time it takes for a blended family to integrate is seven years. Wow. That's a long, that's a long time. Now, since then, I have a theory on this. This is just a theory. Because back then, it was like the blind leading the blind, James. I think today, with more awareness, um, we got a book out to help blend. I think you can... It's still going to be hard, but I think you could at least shorten the time frame. Again, this is totally a theory. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just takes time. And so you, you just lower, still have high goals, but lower your time expectations. Yeah. I, I've seen that with, with two families that I'm thinking of. One that I don't think they've ever really fully integrated. I, I think that the children still consider themselves I'm part of this family over here. I'm part of this family over here. And this right. third entity is just our housing arrangement. Um, yep. And then I know another uh, friend, a very good friend I, I've known for over 30 years. Uh, he uh, met a lady after his divorce. He had three children. She was divorced and had three children. Uh, they they uh, got married, became the, you know, he says, we're the modern Brady Bunch. And yeah. somewhere during the process, her children, of their own accord, two sons and one daughter of, of hers came to him and his wife and said, we don't want to be a separate name. We want to be your name. We, we are this family. That's who we want to be. Can you make that happen? And they, of course, you know, had to, to work out all kinds of logistics with, with their birth father and stuff. And, but right. Um, it eventually happened and, you know, and they're all, you know, they don't consider themselves to be anything different and, and not to say that there's, there wasn't, you know, differences on the way they were, you know, had to be, had to be approached. But, you know, I, I saw that so much differently going forward on that. Um, yeah. What a, what a, what a difficult road some folks have, will have to uh, manage on this. It is, but God gives us grace. And I think if we have the big picture in mind, this, you know, heaven awaits for all of us, all the rewards, they may not come on this side of heaven, but, but God redeems, God restores, he sees, and it's all going to be okay. So we've talked to the folks who are working with them and their parents. We still have some youth who will who are staying with us and they're still listening for this, or maybe their parents want them to listen to it in this fact. What advice can we give to a child who is, who is in this situation mm. to help them as they navigate going forward? Because I think that's sometimes overlooked. We yeah. deal with the parents, we deal with the parenting styles, we'll deal with it from the top down, but do we really empower the youth as they're going through it with the tools that they need 
so that right. they can manage it better. So what, what kind of advice can we give them? I'd make three lists. I'd have them on the first list. Tell me something you love about, and then fill in the blank, your dad, your stepdad, your mom, your stepmom, your stepbrother, your stepsister, your half-brother, your adopted, whoever. Start with listen and, and have them focus on something that they love and appreciate about that. Then the second column was just typical. What do you, what do you not like about your sibling, step sibling, whatever. And then the third column, what would you like to change? If you could change them and you can't, but what would you like to see change? I'll, I'm going to give you the answer in my family, because I think this really hits me, um, favoritism. It's, it was so easy for me to be naturally in alignment with my own biological children because just we had history together. We, we were blood. Um, so when it came time to discipline our children, it would be natural for me to be a little bit lighter on my own kids than maybe my stepkids. And so I was playing favoritism. Um, I wasn't doing it intentionally. It's just that I knew they'd been dragged through a divorce. So I didn't want them to go through more issues, but it's just, it's so hard to be really loyal to everybody equally, but I would really watch out for that. Um, and I think that's natural that you can talk to the kids. Do you feel like you're a part or you feel like, you know, you're not? Because everybody wants to be a part of a family. Everybody wants to be, you know, included. And if it's not, not addressed when people grow up, it's like, well, those kids are over there and these kids are over here. And you're really not one heartbeat or one unit. And that's, uh, and that's hard. I get it. But that's a goal worth pursuing that. We support each other, even if we don't like each other all the time. We, we go to each other's sporting events or school recitals or whatever, but try to be one and, and don't play favorites. I love those lists that, that you have. Uh, there's something that you like, something that you do, do not like, and then what would you like to change? That, 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 that's going to involve some deep reflection from them, but also as as, as adults too, it's going to involve some deep reflection from us, you know, to, right. to be able to swallow and, 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 you know, acknowledge what they write down. I agree. Mm. Mm. So how can our audience connect with you to learn more about this? So I hope, I hope our audience has seen the value of this, um, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put some links up, but tell us how do we can do that, how we can connect with you. That'd be great. Um, let me give you the website and then the social media channels for starters. The website is blendedtogether.org. Um, my wife and I do speaking engagements here in the DFW area. It doesn't have to be a church Christian type audience. We're very comfortable, secular audience. Uh, it doesn't really matter. So speaking engagements are, are one thing. Um, also number two on our social media channels, just, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all that it's blended together forever. 
on our social media channels. And I'll tell you the story as we close, why that's there. And I think it will not only sink hopefully into the hearts of your audience, whether they're youth workers or even kids or parents or whatever. My wife came up with the name because as we knew we were supposed to start this ministry, we struggled and said, well, we're blending. We want to be together. And one day she just said, I know, blended together forever. And I looked at her and I go, that seems long. We only have a short. She goes, no, blended together forever. And she said, you, whatever got you here, you know, you pick up the stake, you put it in the ground and you make this marriage last forever. I thought, Ooh, I like that because, you know, God makes beautiful things out of broken pieces. He's done that with all of us. And so we pick up the pieces, whether there's a divorce, whether there's a death, whether there's whatever causes this to be blending and we put a stake in the ground and we make this family blended together forever. So that's where they can find us on our social media channels. That's, that's awesome, Craig. I, I appreciate that. And thank you uh, again for being our guest on this. Uh, I, I do think this is a, an issue that, and a topic that, that we tiptoe around sometimes. Uh, wouldn't you agree to that? Sometimes we just don't want to attack yes. it. Um, and, and, and we, I want us to be able to equip people who are working with youth with everything they need to, to help mm-hmm. them thrive. We want to continue to reach the kids. We, we have a big heart for the next generation. We know what they've, we feel what they've gone through. We, we really, really, really want to help. We want to help the parents and we want to help the pastors and churches and all that too. But we really, really, really want to reach the kids. Um, so anything we can do in the future, James, we're, I'm excited to start a new friendship with you guys and believe in what you're doing while I'm watching and reading about Gen Z and the impact you're making. So keep, keep up the great work you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you again for everything you do. Thank you to David for connecting us. He, he seems to be very good at finding, uh, uh, people who have a lot of synergy and, and, and very much can work together on that. And thank you, audience, for sticking with us. And listen, as always, someone that you know needs to hear this message, needs to hear this episode. So Mm -hmm. like, comment, and share on it so that it can reach more people. And we'll be again, we'll see you again next week on the Gen Z Show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.